Hey friends, welcome to the Collide Midweek Podcast. These episodes are recorded every Wednesday night at our midweek gathering for those of you who may have missed it or just want to hear it again. We hope that the following episode encourages you to know, grow, and go in your faith. How we doing? Everybody doing good? Yeah? Man, it's good to see you guys. A little more lively tonight than last week. Y'all had a good day? A good week? Man, it's midweek, the best night of the week. Can we agree on that? Amen? Yes. Hey, I was at FCA this morning at McMichael High School. Amazing. Make sure if you're at McMichael that you get there. I think it's going to be every other week. Tomorrow, I'm speaking at Rockingham. Where are my Cougars? I better see y'all there. Tomorrow, 745, I think in the media center, wherever that is, KB will find it. Okay. Normally, I look for the gym and the basketballs, but they said no basketballs tomorrow, KB. And Moorhead had theirs this morning, and I heard Bethany High School's trying to start theirs, and... I don't know. We got some reasonable Rams in the house. We need to know when that is. And all of our Virginia peeps and all you guys, man, get to your FCA Bible studies at your schools. You should be leading them. You should be there. You should be going. KB's bringing donuts in the morning. So if you don't go to Rockingham, just come for the day, okay? Just come and be a Rockingham. No, I will bring you biscuits at some point, yes. So, man, it's good to see you guys. We are in week two of our series called In the Beginning. All throughout this season, we are going to this kind of teaching season, this season of Collide, from September to next June, we're going to walk through the Bible, and we're praying that we'll get through all of the major themes of the Bible. But hey, here's what I want you to know tonight, is that there's no, it's no accident that you're here tonight. It's no accident that you're here or who you're sitting next to. Did you just hear the words of that song, that He is good, that God is good, and what if in your heart that you really knew that? That in the midst of everything going on in life, even when it's hard, we're all going through hard, difficult things right now, that God's still good, and He's sovereign, and He's in control, and He's crazy about you, and He loves you, and man, He's created a community for you at Collide for you to come and just be yourself. Remember week one, we kind of talked about that in our vision night? I had you guys tell me, what do you want Collide to be known for? Man, a place to belong, a place where I can be myself, a place where I can just take a deep breath and just encounter my creator, and be loved by people. And we pray that this community is that for you. Okay, go ahead and get your sermon outlines out. We're going to jump in quick. Before we jump in, this Sunday is a huge Sunday at OBC, Baptism Sunday, and we have at least three Collide students getting baptized. And here's my challenge. Yeah, praise be to God for that. Yes, Uh, one of them is not here. Garrett Law is getting baptized this Sunday, and if you guys were at camp, at Fuge Camp this summer, you remember Garrett's story. What an incredible encounter with Jesus he had at camp. We're going to tell that story. Garrett's getting baptized in the second service, and like he's like in some play at Rockingham in a couple weeks. What's it called, Jeremy? It's like, is it Narnia or something like that? Yeah, he's like the lead in Narnia. So he, this is what he asked me at Collide the other night after. He was so serious. You know how Garrett is. You never know if he's joking or if he's serious. KB, come here. What, Garrett? What's the matter? You're not backing out of baptism. You're getting baptized. He said, no, on October the 19th, can we bring all of Collide to my play at Rockingham High School? I was like, that'd be amazing. So instead of doing that, we're going to send all of the 12th grade guys to go watch him that night and uh, hopefully get a videotape so we can show everybody else. But man, celebrate baptisms. But here's my challenge to you. Have you made a profession of faith? Have you not been baptized? Are you ready to take your next step in your faith? Have that conversation with your small group leader tonight or come find me. We will get you 
ready for baptism for this Sunday, we tell the world who our King is and what Jesus has done in our lives. Let's pray as we jump in. Father, we love you. We've come so ready to hear from you. God, your word is so beautiful in this series, in the beginning. Just the fact that we can open up the Bible and it's your word. You breathed it out. It's living. It's active. It may have been written thousands of years ago, but it's, it's from your Holy Spirit. So it's living and active and it's for our good and it's for our edification, and it's to teach us, to remind us how much you love us in this grand narrative of Scripture where we see that you come to rescue your people, and every story has a hero, and our hero's name is Jesus, and we're going to learn about him tonight in an incredible way. But God, I pray that you would eliminate me from the equation and that the students and leaders only hear from you. God, I'm just a sinful, broken man. I'm just a broken vessel. But I have this thing inside of me that I can't contain, and it's called the gospel because you changed my life. And I want every teenager on planet Earth to know the grace and mercy and love of Jesus and how it changed my life. And it can set their life on a completely different trajectory. God, I pray you speak through your word. What we're going to see tonight has the um, it has the capability to change someone's life for all of eternity. Father, show us our sin and show us our savior. We need you now. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Week two, promise keeper. We have a promise keeper. Week one, we introduced this thing, right? We talked to you guys about, remember, there was what? There was a garden, and it was beautiful, and it had everything that Adam and Eve wanted. And there was one rule. Don't eat of this one tree. Adam made the first human. God says it's not good for man to be alone. I read that scripture on a beach in Virginia this weekend at a wedding. And what? I watched two young people get married, come together as one. And here's what I told them. Is your life is to be a living testimony now through your marriage of the grace of Jesus. That God did not leave you alone in your sin. He sent Jesus. He came to rescue you. And the fact that he gives us someone to do life with is a gift of grace. But everything in life comes down to obedience. Do you trust God or not? And in the garden, the first two humans, they said what? They listened to the voice of the enemy, and there were, right? There there was a fruit. Satan said, eat of this fruit, and you will not surely die. You will be like God. But there were all these other trees in the garden that had what? Beautiful fruit. Here's the thing. You guys look at these two apples, and what happens? You look at them, and you go, they both look amazing. But here's the thing, is when you bite into this one like Adam and Eve did, it's rotten at the core, and it kills, and it steals, and it destroys your life. It looks so good on the outside, and this is the one God said, don't touch that tree. Don't eat that fruit. Everything you need is found in every other tree. Don't eat this one, but it looks so good. You listen to a lie from the enemy, and you bite into it. From the outside, you had no clue that it was rotten to the core. And it would kill your life. But here's the beautiful fruit of this one. Here's where I want every teenager in the sound of my voice to live. Is when you bite into this one, the beauty and the freedom that comes from what? Simple obedience. The Christian life is a long obedience in the same direction. Is choosing the right fruit every time. There's fruit on the other side of this. This life, the life that goes after God, there's so much fruit. It doesn't mean God's going to drop a new truck or, or you're going to get the, the, the girl or guy of your dreams. It's what? It's the life that you were designed for 
when you obey God, and this one looks really good, and you don't see that it's rotten. And this one kills, steals, and destroys, and it just messes up everything. And you and I live on the other side of the fall, don't we? You and I are descendants of Adam and Eve. We're born with a sin nature. We don't like it. When you were little, your parents had to tell you, don't take that, don't steal from them, and don't push that little boy down on the playground, right? We have a sin nature. But here's the beautiful thing. Look at me. Is we also live on the other side of the cross, which means that what? In God's goodness and kindness, do you remember last week? Genesis 2, Genesis 1, creation, beautiful. Genesis 2, the pinnacle, humans. Genesis 3, the fall. And Genesis 3.15, do you remember it? Did you, did you look it up? Did you ask your parents? Did you ask your small group leaders? Who can say it back to me? The proto-evangelium, which means what? The first gospel in Genesis 3.15 that says what? There will be a seed from the woman. You're going to see it today. There's a seed from the woman that will come and crush the head of Satan forever. And we know that seed is Jesus. And man, he loves you. Guys, do you not see how much God loves you? You're going to see that in the, as we walk through Genesis, tonight we're going to be in chapter 12 and 15. So last week we ended on, on chapter 3. So that means we've got a lot of fast forwarding to do in the middle. I'm going to teach it to you quickly. But here's what you've got to know. Is that after sin came in, brokenness, rebellion. And you're going to see God do some incredible things. But he's what? He's God and you are not and I am not. He's in complete control. But when you don't see him as angry God and you see him as good, beautiful, loving, sovereign, you what? You willingly choose this fruit every single time. So let's jump in. Genesis, let's do a little recap. Okay, Genesis chapters 1 and 2 is creation. Write that down. Creation. We just see simply God creates and he does it. In the beginning, God. It does not say your name, and it does not say my name. God creates that first week, right? Man, the sea, the stars, animals, man, all that different stuff. And then what? Beautiful. God says, there's this one thing that's very good, and it's humans. They're made in our image. You know what that means? Remember I told you to write it down last week? A reference to the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit will make humans in our image. You guys have the stamp of God on your life. And then quickly we get to Genesis 3, the fall. But write this down in parentheses, hope is coming. We got to the fall last week and it was bad news, but then we got to good news quickly. That God in his loving kindness, can you guys see this? Is that the first humans, it didn't take them. Remember it was one page in your Bible for them to disobey God and they want God's job and they say, I can do this better. And they what? They do the one thing that God said do not do. And right after that, God says, I'm coming for them. This is how much I love them. I'm not going to leave them alone. We know hope is coming. I hope you wrote down Jesus next to that blank. Number three, you see there in Genesis 4, we find the first murder in the Bible. Sin brings death. Adam and Eve's children, Cain and Abel, we see the first death right there, the first, excuse me, the first murder, and we see that is what? The evil heart of man to go, you know what? I'm going to take matters into my own hands. I don't trust God, and we see this in one family. A brother goes after another brother and kills him. How about Genesis 5? We get, right from the get-go, the generations of Adam. We get all the generations of Adam in chapter 5 of Genesis, and man, all of what <clears throat> the offspring of Adam and Eve and the generations, guys, you need to pay attention to those genealogies and scriptures because, remember, they all point to Jesus. They all point to a coming king. 
Genesis 6, we see rampant sin all over the earth. Rampant sin, just what? Disobedience of God. I want to do my own thing. God says, trust me, obey me, love me. And people just say, you know what? I think I know better. And we just see that rampant sin. Remember I told you last week is don't point the finger because if it was what? If it was in the garden, if KB was in the garden, I would have done the same thing. Guys, make sure that you lock into this because tonight and the promise that God makes us in his scripture tonight that he makes to one man named Abram, Guys, it changed your life forever. Genesis 6 through 9, we see the generations of Noah. Remember, God says what? I'm gonna, there's going to be a remnant through one man and his family, and it's this guy named Noah. And he tells Noah, go build this boat. Go build this ark. It's never rained before. Can you imagine the years of out there working on this boat and the, the ridicule and the mocking? What are you building that boat for? It has not rained. What is rain? Simple obedience, and God says what? I'm going to protect my line through this one man, and we see what? On the other side of the flood. Guys, do you see that? I heard this one time in a sermon. It kind of blew me away. Is when we're little, right, we see all the kind of stories of the two-by-two onto the ark and the animals and all that stuff, and it's cute. And, man, God did that. It's beautiful. But what do you see also in that? And the justice of God, that God wiped out every single thing on the earth except one man and his family. Because of what? Humans just simply disobeyed God. And then you see in Genesis 10 and 11, the generations of Noah's three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And this is where we kind of, you get caught up really, really fast. From Genesis 1 all the way to Genesis 11. And here is our gospel focus tonight. Write this down. I want to show you what God did to restore the relationship that man ruined through sin. Remember, it all starts from that. Restore the relationship that man ruined through sin by sentencing his son to the cross so that we would respond in worship. My goal is for you to leave in awe of who God is and what he did for you. Can I be honest, guys? KB is guilty of using the word awesome way too much. That milkshake was awesome. That vacation was awesome. That cheeseburger was awesome. Now, those things are good. But when you use the word awesome, and I need to really check myself, is do you understand what the first part of that word means? To be in awe of something should leave you what? Should leave you breathless, should leave you what? The word worship next to it. You remember Pastor Steve so wonderfully taught us this past Sunday? That, that this, this word picture, right, is what? The first part, pros, is to lay prostrate, face down. God is God and you are not. I lay my life down in front of him. And then kaneo is what? This word picture of a dog licking its master's hand. Full submission. I trust you. Every good thing comes from you. I know that what? If I follow you, my life is going to be incredible, amazing. Not always perfect, but the life that I was designed for, worship, all of worship. You just sang worship to God, but your worship can be at school in second period. Your worship can be on Friday night at the football game or what you choose to not to do or not to do after the football game. Your worship is how you respond in obedience to your parents every single day. Your worship is how you use social media. Your worship is your whole life. What God has done for us through Jesus demands our worship and demands our awe. When you live in awe of something, when it's awesome to you, 
everything else bows in comparison. This weekend, I'm going to go support a guy that when I played college baseball, this guy was really, really good. He's being inducted into the Elon Hall of Fame this weekend. Tracy and I are going to go to the ceremony to support this gentleman. He called me the other day to see if I was coming, and he said, they called me Beto in school. They didn't call me KB. He said, what are you doing now? I said, I'm in full-time ministry. I'm a pastor. You should, like, speechless on the phone. He could not believe that the guy that he ran around with in college has what? Completely submitted his life to the lordship of Jesus Christ. But can it just be words? It should be what? It should be all of my life. He should see it in everything. Everyone should see it in everything. Am I perfect? No. Are you perfect? No. But your life demands what you worship. What do you give weight to in your life? And then we got, you guys, you can thank me later. Last week you had three points. Tonight you got two. But then we're going to get to some incredible things at the end that I want you to write down as you see them. Tonight we're going to talk about promises made and promises kept. Your first one is just simply write this down, that God promises. God makes the first promises to an incredible man named Abram. And everything in the Bible kind of rolls after these these promises to this one man. And you and I sit on the other side of the globe as recipients of grace because of these promises. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Guys, this guy, Abram, just a simple guy, a godly man. God uses incredible, ordinary people to do extraordinary things. He comes to this man one day and listen to what he says to him. The Lord has said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on the earth will be blessed through you. Star that, underline that last part. Guys, can you imagine getting this call from God one day? Leave everything that's comfortable. Leave your family. Where are we going? I'm, just listen. Just obey. I'll tell you when we get there. Here's the call from God. Go to this land. And what? Here's the promises. Write these down. Three promises. Three things to write down. Land. Great nation. And world influence. God promises Abram that I'm going to give you this land. I'm going to send you to the promised land. I'm going to what? Give you a land that you and your descendants and your family, they're going to occupy. I'm going to make you into a great nation. We're going to see it in Genesis chapter 15. That God says to Abraham, look up into the, into the heavens. Look at how many stars there are in the sky. That's how many descendants are going to come from you. And Abram and his wife couldn't what? Couldn't have a child yet. Abraham looks at him and goes, and number three, world influence. Land, great nation, world influence. There's a land. I'm going to give this to you. You're going to possess it. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be amazing. The next one, great nation, right? I'm going to make your name great, and I'm going to bless you. And we're going to see this tonight beautifully, guys, and I hope you guys lock into this. 
that in these these promises hang so many beautiful things for you and I today. And then I'm going to give you world influence all over the world. I'm going to give you influence because you come in my name. Three huge promises. Here's the thing about promises, guys, is that I make promises and I break them. KB's human. I've probably made promises to you in here that I didn't come through on. Why? Because I'm a sinful, broken man. Do I do everything perfect? No. Do I try to honor God? Yes. But you can think of some probably in your mind right now where someone made a promise to you and they didn't keep it. Or you were to keep a promise for something and you did not keep it. Here's the thing is that God is completely different than humans. When God makes a promise, he always comes through on his promise. You're going to see it tonight in the fact that we have a Bible, the fact that we live on the other side of the cross, the fact that we can be made right with God in his sight through the blood of Jesus. Beautiful. Promise made, promise kept. Here's your next one. Write this down. God provides. God promises, and then God provides. If you got your Bibles open, flip over a couple pages, Genesis chapter 15. In your small groups tonight, you're going to go through verse 18. In our sermon tonight, we're just going to stop at 12. Now remember the promise made to Abram. God changes his name later to Abraham. So you guys probably remember that song, Father Abraham, all that different stuff. Starts with a man named Abram. God changes his name to Abraham later, but this is the same guy. Verse 1. Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, Do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you, and your reward will be great. But Abram replied, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? You remember that? Abram and his wife, they haven't been able to have a child yet, and he promises you're going to have so many descendants, he's going to say it in a minute, that you can't even count them, all the stars in the sky. It's going to be amazing. What good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? Guys, here's what I was reminded of this week when I was studying for this. This is Abraham in the Bible, and he has questions. And in the grace of God, God does not dismiss this. He does what? He just says, trust me, Abraham, and watch. Trust me, walk in obedience. But man, in the midst of your questions, God's going to come through on his promises. Since you've given me no children... Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. You have given me no descendants of my own, so none of my servants will be my heir. So one of my servants will be my heir. Then the Lord said to him, No, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. You guys remember? We'll get to that, but Abraham has who? Isaac? We'll get to that story. Then the Lord said to him, No, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, Here it is, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. Underline verse 6, star it, underline in your Bibles. Guys, everything in the walk of the Christian life is based on what? Belief and faith. And you see it right here, right in the first pages of Scripture. What did the Lord do for Abram, soon to be Abraham? What did he do? Look at verse 6 again. Abram believed the Lord, hadn't seen a child yet. He believed, he walked in faith, 
and the Lord counted him as righteous. Righteous means what? Right standing with God based on what did he do? He believed. He didn't see it, but he believed and he walked forward in faith. This is the foundation of the Christian faith that you and I what? Can I see God every single day? No. Was I with Jesus before he went to the cross? No. But I have his scriptures and I have him in my heart. And I know that what? My life, I was blind and now I see. My life is completely different based on two words. Faith and belief, and you see it right here with Abram. It's the foundation of his faith, and look what happens. Then the Lord told him, I am the Lord who brought you out of the Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land as your possession. But Abram replied, O sovereign Lord, how can I be sure that I will actually possess it? The Lord told him, Bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. So Abram presented all these to him and killed them. Then he cut each animal down the middle and laid the halves side by side. He did not, however, cut the birds in half. Some vultures swooped down to eat the carcasses, but Abram chased them away. As the sun was going down, Abram fell into a deep sleep, and a terrifying darkness came down over him. Here's the thing about the animals that were killed. Check this out, guys. So in that day, when you would, when you would make a promise... And this promise between God and Abram. He says, take these animals and cut them in half. They would cut them in half and they would lay the halves of the body beside them. And then the person who was to walk in the promise would walk right down the middle of them as what? If you don't walk through them, then you're not going to keep your promise. But you walk through the middle of those carcasses to say what? I'm going to keep my promise and my word to you based on those things were just killed I'm going to keep my end of the promise, and God always keeps his promises. And we see the foreshadowing to that all the way to the cross. Is that God would crush his one and only son. He would say, I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to crush my son and come get you, and I'm going to then live in your heart forever. Whatever promise God makes to you, he's always going to keep it. Guys, there's over 3,000 promises in Scripture. I wrote down, I don't know how many I put on your outline. Here's why I put these on your outline. I'm going to read you promises from Scripture. They're going to be on the screen. And what God speaks to you when I say the promise to you from God, I want you to write it on the line. And then I'm going to show you something amazing from 2 Corinthians. Man, I love the promises of God in Scripture. Isaiah 41.10. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Do not be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. This is through the prophet Isaiah to what? God's people in Israel. And do you see it in the promise? Where is it for you? What's God speaking to you right now? Don't be afraid. I'm with you. Don't be discouraged. I'm your God. I will strengthen you, help you. We could go across this whole room where God has helped you, strengthened you. You could ask any adult in your small group tonight. We claim victory in this verse. How many times have we been afraid? Man, I'm not afraid anymore when I know God's with me. He strengthened me when I'm weak. He what? He, he's, I'm victorious in Him. Deuteronomy 31.8 Do not be afraid or discouraged. The Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. You write it down for you. What's God speaking to you right now about that promise from Scripture for you? This is God Almighty. 
Don't be afraid or discouraged. The Lord God will personally go ahead of you. Man, I don't know about you, but I know that if God's already in front of me and he's behind me and he's beside me, let's go. I'm going with God all day, every day. John 16, 33. Jesus, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me here on earth. You will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. I was listening to an interview the other day. I was walking. I was listening to a podcast, and it was uh, Toby Mac. A lot of you guys know Toby Mac, the Christian artist. Last year, his son Truett committed suicide. Twenty, excuse me, twenty-one years old. Toby Mac quoted this verse in the interview, and he said, "God has been reminding him that on this side of heaven, there's going to be hard days." He told me that what this world is messed up and broken. But what's the promise in the verse? Did you see it? Did you write it down? This world's not our home. I've overcome the world. I'm preparing a place for you. And because what Toby loves Jesus and Truett loves Jesus, he will see his son again. Psalm 37. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fail. For the Lord holds them by the hand. What's the promise to you? Do you see it? Do you claim it? God says, I promise you, I'm going to direct your steps of the godly. The godly being what? Those who what? Follow after me and come after me. Though they stumble, man, KB has stumbled. I never fall because the Lord just holds me by the hand. He helps me back up. Matthew 11. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you. Because I am humble and gentle at heart, you will find rest for your soul. You claiming that promise? Anybody? Come to me. Anyone weary in here tonight? Can I be honest? I've been weary lately. Just some things heavy on my heart. Last six months have been really hard with Tracy's illness and Man, you claim this promise and you come to Jesus. At McMichael this morning, I shared about my friend Caleb who took his life in December. And I shared with them this morning about 1 Peter. Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. God does not want teenagers to carry around worry and have depression and all these different things. He wants you to he doesn't want you to carry heavy burdens. He wants you to lay it at his feet and watch him work. Philippians 4. Long one here. Let's see if you can claim the promise. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you may understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. This is the Apostle Paul saying what? I used to kill people. Now I'm a missionary for God. The peace comes from a relationship with Jesus. James 1. The brother of Jesus, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. 
For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. How many times have I told you guys that? You need wisdom, you ask God, but you ask in faith, knowing that he will provide it when your heart is yoked to him. Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Can I be honest? That verse is beautiful. But man, it's hard when you read that. God works together for good for all. Can we always see it on this side of heaven? No, but we know he's working. I know that he always has my best in mind. Is cancer good? Never. Seeing your wife sick? Terrible. But I know that in the midst of it, man, he's working inside of our hearts. And, and, and I tell you this, at 321 Price Street in Stoneville, North Carolina, we've been closer to God over the last six months than we were before. He teaches you to rely on him, to walk with him, to love him. And I know on this side of heaven, I might not see the good, but when I get to heaven, I know everything. All those promises. Beautiful. How about this one? As we get to the cross. 1 John 1, nine. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. What's the promise there, student? What do you have to do? You have to humble yourself and you have to come in confession. If you confess your sins to him, he's faithful to forgive us of our sins based on what? Based on the blood of Jesus, and here's the beautiful thing, is that all of this points to this thing tonight that we get to before you go to small group. I'm almost done. Is you see all of those promises, land, great nation, going to be a blessing. It all comes down to 2 Corinthians 1.20. Look on the screen, not on your outline. I love the message translation. Whatever God has promised gets stamped with the yes of Jesus. Every promise of God finds their yes in Jesus. In Him, this is what we preach and pray. The great amen. God's yes and our yes together, gloriously evident. God affirms us, making us a sure thing in Christ, putting His yes within us. Man, I love that. His yes is within KB. Every promise that I claim is the Holy Spirit inside of me, and I walk in faith, and I want you to do the same thing. By His Spirit, He has stamped us with His eternal pledge, a sure beginning of what he is destined to complete. Here's the amazing thing as I studied this this week. Look at this picture. Karen, do you have that picture for everybody? Look at this picture. On the right-hand side, this is in my um, wayfinding Bible. Focus on the right-hand side of the page. Okay? Do you see where it says Abraham? This is the family line of Abraham. Remember how I said every person will be blessed? You follow the lineage of Abraham all the way down to, what's the name at the bottom of the page, students? Jesus. Do you see that all the yeses and promises of God find their yes in Jesus? Do you see how beautiful that is? I will make you into a great nation, a great name. All the people of the world will be blessed through you. You and I are blessed. Why? Because we can be forgiven. We can have right relationship with God because of one man, and his name was Jesus. 
This demands worship. Teenager, this demands you give him your life, you give him your anything, your everything. He is so worthy. Pastor Dewey, Pastor Steve's dad, used to always say this to me. He doesn't keep office hours anymore. He used to always say this to me, and it's always stuck with me. And I, take, I keep this in my heart all the time. He used to say, Kevin, when you choose Jesus, you will never be disappointed. So many things in this life have disappointed me. Do you see how when you choose Jesus, you will never be disappointed? God's a promise maker and a promise keeper, and you can trust him, and you can give him your life now. Will you obey him? Will you honor him? Will you give him your everything? Do you see the grace of him that in the midst of rebellious humans that continue to rebel, what does he do? Through one man, I'm going to bless everyone. I'm going to send the Savior of the world through that family. Father, we love you. Would you speak through our small group leaders now as we talk about this such a beautiful topic but such a hard one? Promises are hard because on this side of heaven, we've been broken by promises. We've broken them. People have broken them to us. God, I pray that the students see how beautiful you are, that every yes, every promise finds their yes in Jesus, that you're with us, you'll never forsake us, that you're preparing a place for us, that you love us, that you care for us. Everything we need to live a godly life is found in you. You'll never leave us, you'll never forsake us, you'll never leave us alone. We'll never have to wonder what love looks like. We look to a cross. And we see through this one man, Abram, who believed and had faith and it was counted to him as righteousness. Righteous meaning having right standing with God. In every person in this room, the walk of the Christian life is just to say, God, I believe you. I trust you. I'm going to walk forward in faith. I don't understand everything, but I trust you. I have your word as my guide. I have your spirit inside of me. You surround me with an incredible youth group that, man, I love coming into community with every single week. And then I look in your Bible every single week and I see this right from the beginning. In the beginning, God makes a promise through one man and we see through that man's family comes the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. Every promise finds their yes in Jesus. We can be obedient and we can lay our lives down and worship to you now and all the days of our lives because you're a promise maker and a promise keeper. Speak through our small group leaders now. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.